Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast, U.S. Open recap edition. Uh, first question, we're going to go to DJ Pi. How bad were you sweating it out with uh, Patrick Reed winning back-to-back majors? <laughs> I think it would have been tremendous content. Uh, for those that didn't know, we're, we asked, uh, starting with the Masters, we said pick one player that is definitely not going to win. Uh, the kid here took Patrick Reed, uh, proved to be you know, not my, my best moment, so I decided to double down on Patrick Reed, thinking there was no way he was going to win two in a row. And you guys should be apologizing to me because obviously he did not. So you're sweating it. You're welcome. You were sweating. You were changing positions on the couch. <laughs> you were moving all all around. It was. He played a, great. It was an awesome start. I think you paid off Kessler. I did. Yeah, we got, Kessler stopped laying down eventually. Gave him a bad number yeah, yeah. He just started mailing it in. You look a lot like when Randy when what Randy does when Ricky starts making his uh, his leap up the leaderboard. I will say, Ricky, uh, Randy, Randy was he was strangely confident. And steadfast in his uh, put downs of Ricky, as if he could see the future, and he f- he seemed to feel very vindicated uh, when Ricky shot eighty four. Uh, you know what? It was vindication, but I don't think he was. I don't think he takes joy. Yeah, no, no. correct. No, please, yeah. no, I get no personal pleasure out of this. It's you know, <laughs> but I've seen the movie before. I knew how it ended. <laughs> Uh, all right, Tron, I want to your your initial reaction. It wasn't the most exciting Sunday uh, U.S. Open finish, but to Brooks Kepko winning back-to-back majors, uh, what, what's your reaction to that? Oh, I mean, it's exceptionally impressive. Uh, of all majors, too, the U.S. Open. Like, I think that's probably the hardest one to win back-to-back. Maybe the maybe the British, just because you have to... The U.K. British Open. Yeah, U.K. The, British yeah, Open. The U.K. British Open. <laughs> Her Majesty's U.K. British Open. Uh, just because... You know, like weather can be a factor in that one, but I think this one on two vastly different courses, like you said earlier, Salah, you know, sixteen under last year, and then parts are relevant, but yes, yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, so all props to him. I'll I'll leave my other takes for in a bit. Okay, interesting, Randy. Yeah, super impressive. I, I just think he just looked in complete control. Um, I think as we were kind of talking, the most interesting aspect of him now winning. Two U.S. Opens is he's only had one other PGA Tour win, and he seems like, gosh, he seems like he just has a game to. He should have ten wins by now. Um, it, it's just kind of an interesting dynamic. But specific to this week, yeah, super impressive. Uh, especially this weekend, just looked like he was in complete control. I mean, yeah, I don't know if there's a thing, if there's a, a there there uh, with him having two majors and one other tour victory. Um, I think we could probably, you know, make our best guess or, or unpack that. It probably has to do a lot with the setup. I think there, you know, when when you have a golf course like this where where things really kind of get serious, it seems like you have the premier players kind of rise to the top and the rest tend to fold. So I don't know why uh, that doesn't happen more on you know a week to week basis on the PJ Tour, but. Yeah, I mean, there was no moment after his up and down on 12, I don't think, like, we were kind of saying it around the house here that it just didn't seem like, it just felt, it felt over. I, I think a lot of that had to do with last year, too, and kind of kept waiting for him to fall apart last year or, or waver at all, and it just didn't happen, and Damn today was monster. today was the same thing. Yeah, it was just, it was 
crazy impressive to see him holding putts, especially in a week where it didn't seem like anybody could really get anything to drop. So the up and down on twelve was it was all world. Absolutely ignorant. Yeah. And the, making four on 11 is probably what won in the championship. Yeah. I mean, yeah. where he was on 11, he said he uh, in the interview afterwards, he would have taken five from there because he thought, I mean, he had to chip back into the bunker, getting that up and down from the bunker. Um, 11 is such a cool hole. Going yeah, back, go, uh, that was the only hole that kind of got, uh, I mean, we'll get into it, I'm sure, but that was the only hole that kind of felt like there was some uh, some unpredictability to it today. Going back know? to your point about you know him only winning one other PGA Tour event, I think the closest comp that we can find is, is a guy like D.A. Wybring. He won the what's now the John Deere Classic. He won it three times. <laughs> he only won five total tour events. Well, he's. I, I was gonna say he now going. has Angel Cabrera's career resume, right? It, it, three wins, yeah. two majors. He's from yeah. Bloomington, Illinois, I think, too, as well. You know, Shout so out I, to I mean, granted, my wife, he didn't, Justine. He didn't win them back to back years or anything like that, but sure. I think that's still impressive. Speaks volumes. Another guy like Zach Johnson, who has what seven majors <laughs> with the John Deere, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, six, I think, two, four John Deeres, and and. Uh, Whatever, but it's one thing. Masters. He's also got joke is run its course. Three other top fives in majors, like yeah. he and he he's played in eighteen majors in his career, seven top tens in them. He finished T four at the at the U.S. Open in twenty fourteen. Pinehurst, and he's finished in the top five twice at the PGA Championship. Like he's got the big game good. hunter. He's yeah. not even a golfer. <laughs> I I definitely get the feeling that like he doesn't even really like golf all that much. Yeah. I, he, he wants, wants us to, be to believe that. An he wants us to believe that, but I don't believe it. Like you can't be that good at golf without just extreme levels of practice and enjoying. No, 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 for yeah. sure. I just don't think he likes it. I think he wants <laughs> us to believe he does it. I don't, I, I don't believe him that he does it. I mean, the way he talks about it too, just about how like if you really if you listen, you don't even have to listen that closely. The cockiness in a lot of his statements, and it's like he's almost wanting people to like start hating him, and it hasn't really fully happened yet. I mean, I'm sure some people dislike him, but if you're just really, really, really good. It's hard to fault cockiness. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. You know, I think it, I thought you were going to say when you were uh, trolling us with the comparison there was uh, Angel Cabrera is kind of you know a similar sort of just the way that he drives the ball and stuff. I mean, two majors and I think a Greenbrier or something. Yeah, um, he wanted yeah, out of order. It's, it's still it's still weird to see what's that. He wanted out of order. He should never won a regular PGA. I, I agree. To win should, yeah, just I, two I, majors. I totally agree. Uh, my favorite. I, I, t- I tweeted this afternoon. My favorite Kepka story that like took took my fanhood of him to the next level, which is which is saying a lot, is the story from the 2015 Open Championship when he was like refusing to play his ball, and a rules official was telling him like you need to keep going, and and the rules official comes in and says, "I am a sir." The, the rules officially official allegedly said, "And you will refer to me as such when addressing me." And Kepka said, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm not playing until my ball stops oscillating. Like, I wonder what that rules official thought of uh, Phil's play on 13 yesterday. <laughs> Whose play is it, Brooks? <laughs> We're yeah. going to get to Mr. Oh, I had a heart attack. Um, I do think, though, like that's about kind of caps it on what we have to say about Brooks. He's not the, he's, there's not a whole lot of story there other than he's really, really, really good at golf. And I, it's really amazing to see somebody win two u.s opens when just think about how many times dustin johnson has been involved in u.s opens in the last 10 years and only has one of them phil has been involved in all of these for how many years and has never won one to win two in a row is like it's a big deal what what impresses you guys most about him his putting honestly i mean everyone knows how far he hits it and he hits his irons really pure but the, the him and like a lot of i think they don't get a lot of credit for how well they putt jt doesn't get enough credit for how he putts and dj also don't does not get enough not credit. only the putting like the some of those 
20, 30-yard pitch shots, at least yeah. today. But, but I mean, it's not just the, the fact that he makes the putts. It's that they look so, like, no doubt. Yeah. They're just they're dead center cut. And, you know, it's like I don't, like, when I'm watching him and I want excitement and I want, like, I, like, I was rooting for Fleetwood down the stretch today, and I found myself, I was like, man, there's, like, there's no way that Brooks is going to, is going to give yeah. this up. Yeah, it felt kind of hopeless after a while. Yeah. Um, what do we think about DJ's performance? I think he had his, like, B, B minus C plus game all week, so it's tough for me to read too much into it. I mean, I think it's kind of a testament to him that he was even in it at all. He, Yeah, he played really well Friday. Um, I thought, like, today's round, Sunday's round was a microcosm where he shot 70, which on paper is a you know, a good number, especially in the final round of the U.S. Open. It just didn't feel – it felt worse than that, you know. I, I don't know. It just it, – it, it felt a little flat, and I think that's was kind of indicative, uh, at least of his weekend, um, certainly. I, I think he got a tough – a bit of a tough uh, draw as well and just kind of the places he had to play and, and kind of got punished a little bit by being on the top of the leaderboard yesterday probably yeah. with the conditions getting the way they were at – and, and granted, he kind of gagged it away uh, sooner than that, but still, yeah, I think he was kind of fighting yeah. an uphill fight all week. Bro- I mean, Brooks got the tough end of the draw too, even Thursday, yeah. Friday. Yeah, yeah. He stepped up. I just think was you know it was only a matter of time for DJ with his his you know. And granted, I picked him to win last night even, but I think just kind of that was wishful thinking. It was like it was just a matter of time the way he was hitting the ball. It was he, just okay. He, he flared a lot of balls out to the right. Which yeah, typically his, doesn't do. Yeah, and one thing I I, I certainly could be speaking of that which i don't know but i I don't think so uh it seemed like in the telecast you know they they talked about how dj um is more or less like a dead weight putter like he you know he tries to die the ball into the hole and i think when the course the green speed especially and and with some of the bumpiness too even like when it changes so drastically from friday to saturday and then changes again from saturday to sunday yeah speed was terrible it would seem like that would affect that type of putter more than a guy who's just always super aggressive and is you know doesn't mind you know running it three four or five feet by the hole he, he just looked very uncomfortable on the greens this weekend and i i gotta think that played a part in it to the level at which the dj is a big game hunter though to his last the last five years in the u.s open t4 t2 winner he was cut last year at aaron hills and a solo third this year He's like Teddy Roosevelt, man. Like he's hunting the <laughs> biggest game. He's, <laughs> he's finished one, two, three, and four for the last five years at the U.S. Open. I mean, it's it's a tour. And it, that's again, I know we we kind of get caught up talking a lot of winners, but I think performances that in that t- in the top five are definitely noteworthy even for somebody that this is fifteenth top ten in a major. I, I think what's interesting, just and I'll kind of toss this out to you guys. Um, the difference in kind of curating, for lack of a better term, uh, between DJ and, and Brooks, in that I think obviously DJ is gets a lot of fan reaction and people love him for certain reasons. Um, and then you have a guy like Brooks, who I, for whatever reason doesn't have that same fan appeal, I don't think, but yet he checks a lot of the same boxes. Like he's big, he's athletic, he's, you know tan good looking guy you know he's they're they're very similar but yet there's this kind of difference at some level um I mean, brooks, so i don't know i just find that interesting maybe, yeah maybe brooks maybe people don't like his veneers 
allegedly. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think I think DJ has a lot more personality than people give him credit for. Like everybody's like, "Oh, DJ's dumb." Like, I don't, actually, I don't think DJ's dumb. I think DJ's actually really funny, and he's he's got like he's really witty and stuff. He just chooses when to let people in. But I just he kind of plays it up a I little don't bit think, too, almost. And maybe Brooks has that, but Brooks doesn't give a shit about showing that to anybody. And I think it. T- I don't know. I, maybe you guys back me up or or correct me, but it, I feel like it took a while for. DJ to get that also. Mm-hmm. I think when he was kind of first starting to win, it was kind of a lot of the same, like, oh, wow, man, this guy's really good. Like, what's, you know, he he sure does hit it far. And, yeah. you know, it was kind of, there, there wasn't a ton there. It wasn't until, I mean, people just love winners. And, you know, I think you hit a certain point with, Dustin won. He, God, he played so he's won what too? Like a well London, over the last years in a row. Or something yeah, and like he's that? he's just played so sure. well over the last like three years. He's I think it probably eight, get him a lot of goodwill too. Eighteen wins, I think, on tour, and like you just years of being in the PGA Tour commercials and like every. Also four or five well, years now that I'm thinking of it yeah. too, there's like there's some kind of controversial, salacious oh, off course stuff, which everyone's I'm got sure a DJ story, yeah. and yeah. you know he's got a famous fiance and all that. So. But the question somebody threw in, which is it's pretty unanimous when I pulled this out earlier, though, is whose career would you rather have to date, Kepka with two majors or DJ with one? DJ, for DJ, sure. DJ. I think it's pretty easy. Yeah, I think, yeah DJ. I think the, the, it'd be more interesting if it was one major to zero, like if you were a non-major winner yeah. at all and you had a bunch of PGA Tour wins, would you trade for one major? But um, I thought it was at least at – least, at least a little thought goes yeah. into that one. Like whose career would you rather have, Martin Keimer or, or Brooks? I'd say Brooks. Uh, gosh, I, I would say Keimer. Right, it's got to be Keimer, I would yeah. think. You might be right. That was a short, quick answer. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what the I mean, the difference, that. what's the difference? A player's championship, basically? Players and a world number one. Yeah. That's what, it's pretty close. Yeah. What about Brooks or Ricky? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> Please, go ahead. The excitement in Randy's eyes as he asked that. Uh, what, a, what a day for Tommy Ladd. Oh, oh, God, I mean, that it took us... I, I like I was not gonna be able to contain myself much longer. So. <laughs> it was it was kind of like the uh, the Alonzo morning gif of like shaking our heads in, in the at the setup today, but then you saw Tommy making the run and potentially gonna win yeah. the U.S. Open. Like, oh, you know, maybe this might be kind of cool. <laughs> uh, it was exciting. It was a lot of fun. I know it was. I mean, it was an easier setup today, but the scores didn't end up being that low. And his round was far and away the best round of the day and the best round of the week, and tied the best round ever in the U.S. Open. And he had a great look. To shoot 62, um, and it just was one shot too little. I mean, really, he had two or three great looks there at the down the stretch. Yeah, you know? it's it inevitably though it's going to even out some. I mean, he made yeah. a lot of putts today. I don't think uh, it's yeah. that ridiculous at all to, to to think that he would not make any of those final final three putts. So I I do get it. I mean, it was kind of all that momentum that you thought he was going to add one more with those looks, and especially there on 18 after that shot yeah. he hit at 18. My gosh, the the way he hits his irons, it's amazing. It's, I mean, it's it's like orgasmic to watch. <laughs> it's aspirational. So, uh, shout out to Fleetwood and Fenno for that run. That was awesome. And the uh, solo second finish. That's going to be a uh, it's one point two million or something like that for second Jesus. place at the U.S. Open. I mean, hopefully we'll see him in Germany bad. this week. Yeah, yeah. That'd be he's, exciting. He's starting to poke around too. It seems like he's going to break through. That's in a major sooner than last later. Last year and solo second. Car- Carnoustie could be the spot. Yeah. yeah. If Leash wasn't going to win that one, I would agree. Um, <laughs> we touched on Reed, though. I mean, that was that was. I mean, first of all, kind of forgot he was in the tournament going today. Didn't even realize he was three back starting off the day, five birdies early. That was a very, very real charge from Reed. I mean, 
Is it is it safe to say he's got his ears pinned back now and is just going to make charges at these majors at a pretty kind of ridiculous rate? I don't know how many he's going to win, but he's going to be in a lot of these, right? It certainly seems like it. I mean, he just it's the same kind of thing. He just did everything did everything well today. I mean, he was just striping it. God, on those first five holes, what was his longest birdie putt was like twelve feet or something like that. I mean, he was just striping the ball. We knew. <laughs> With the easy pin locations, we knew there wasn't going to be anything jammed up, you know, back right. right. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, it was it was cool to watch. I mean, I I obviously had personal rooting interests, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cool to see. He uh, he was, as far as I can tell, he was the only guy in the group or in the field to improve each of the four rounds: seventy three, seventy two, seventy one, sixty eight. Wow, which is pretty remarkable to be that consistent with yeah. how much the conditions and the setup sure. fluctuated. Yeah, Fleetwood was ping-ponging back and forth. Yeah. The closest two rounds Fleetwood had back-to-back were nine shots between his first and second round. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, went, he went nine shots better, 12 shots worse, 15 shots better in the final round. That's just special. Um, rounding out the top five, Tony Finau, that was a tough double to watch there on 18, knowing how much... Expensive. Yeah, uh, a lot of money on the line there and a lot of Ryder Cup points there. Uh, and he's sniff, just sniffing around that bottom eight, uh, of that list, and that would have been enormous if he could have finished staying tied with DJ at third. But props, uh, props to him too. For it kind of seemed like he was him and uh, Berger were going to get the early drop from coverage uh, treatment after kind of a rough start. And they, they did get dropped oh, at one point. Yeah, but they they battled uh, battle back. That mm-hmm. was that was cool to see. Yeah, I like Fina. I mean, I hope he. It would be cool to see him. Uh, I I always feel like he. This might be a stupid take, but I always feel like he's in contention without being like a huge threat to win yeah. a lot if if that makes sense is that Kucher? it's Kucher-esque. Yeah. uh but i I'd, I'd like to see him actually kind of you know be a, a an actual threat coming down and just kind of see how he handled it well i know that he obviously played a different golf course saturday morning than the guys played saturday afternoon but there were also a he and burger both did but there were also a lot of other guys on the golf course that morning that didn't go out and shoot. Right, you still got to hit the shots. And, yeah. uh, so that they're, I mean, they, they obviously got the perfect spot in the draw, I think, and were able to take advantage of it to get in the in the tournament. But uh, I mean, props to it's a four day tournament, and they finished. He and Berger both finished in the top six, so uh, they're definitely noteworthy performances. Folks, it was another monster week for our friends at Odyssey Golf. Uh, Tron here, just to tell you about them winning their sixth straight major championship putter count for the year. That's right. There have been more Odyssey putters in play than any other brand at all six PGA, LPGA, and Champions Tour majors in 2018. And it wasn't even close. Um, The best in the world choose Odyssey. That's why I have the new Odyssey XO Indy in my bag. That's why I chose you to do the ad read this week. Yeah, it's revolutionized my game. My alignment's better. Um... The 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 uh, insert in there is just like it's like cheating. Um, Your quick raking game is. I feel like I'm backstopping when I when I when I take a putt every time. Um, No, it's seriously. It's I I love it. I used to play an Odyssey uh, White Hot number two for 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 many years, and this is like the next best upgrade to that I found. So uh, they come in Rossi seven and Indianapolis shapes, and are available in stores or at Odyssey.com, OdysseyGolf.com. Go check them out. Back to the pod. Are we ready to talk about the uh, the old lefty? 
<laughs> Please. Happily. I'm not sure if there's been any takes circulating this weekend on, on uh, talk, what happened. We're talking about Steve Flesh. Correct. Steve Flesh. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. I thought he was a nice addition to the Very broadcast. Very good play-by-play. Yeah. So, well prepared. Um, I think we should lead it off with probably our favorite take um, of this week. Can you, uh, you want to break us down with our boy, uh, John Hopkins, what he had to say on, uh, on Fox? I think, I think John Hopkins of uh, Global Golf Post. Uh, formerly of the Times of London and a couple other distinguished uh, London journalistic entities. Uh, the U. John Hopkins, yeah, the U. Yeah. Uh, they, they named a college after him <laughs> after this take. He, yeah, he was sitting on uh, Fox this morning and just just let Phil have it. I mean, it, it, he, I think he's an ass. I th- In Britain, we'd call him an ass, a, a silly ass. Chump. I thought it was a chump. chump. Yeah, and then and then um, Corrigan chimed in with utter dick. Yeah, that was kind of in response then to Mickelson's um, today was, mock yeah, triumph today on the thirteenth. Yeah. that was funny to watch, but also kind of tough to watch what Phil did today. But all right, I thought. But to be fair, I I, I actually like. I thought Hopkins. If you're gonna have that take, I thought he. Yeah, explained it well. I think I, I would love to see him on more broadcasts. I think yeah. he's awesome. That was good. Uh, Randy, being the resident Phil fan here, um, let's take it. Walk us through from the beginning. I know we covered some of this on our live show and whatnot, but uh, for those that may not have tuned in, let's cover this from beginning to end. What you thought when you initially saw what Phil did on the thirteenth <laughs> hole, uh, how it was handled, how the ruling was handled, all of that. Um, it was obviously just totally surreal. Uh, I guess that would be my first initial impression of it. I'll recycle my live show takes. I don't really think it's changed. I, you know, where I kind of sh- shake out is what he did was, uh, in kind of verbatim, it was sophomoric, it was petulant, it was immature. Uh, the optics of it were terrible. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's up to the USGA whether to assess the penalty of disqualification or the two-stroke penalty. And they made their ruling, and so, you know, at that point, it's like, okay, it's it's done. That's it's time for everybody to to move on. I, I don't think that absolves Mickelson at all of like it. It was still all of those things I just said. Like it, it wasn't a good look, but I, I don't know. People will say like cheated. I I don't think that's the right word. That doesn't feel right to me. I don't I don't think he because your whole distinction was he took his. He took his medicine. He took the penalty. Yeah, to me, like cheating is like trying to subvert the rules to your own gain, like without punishment. And I think he was perfectly aware of the punishment and knew he was going to get punished for it, and that that was his choice. Uh, I think one of the best examples is kind of, you know, American football. The wide receiver breaks free down the sideline, and the DB tackles him. And it's like that's pass interference. Like I like I know I'm gonna get flagged for tackling this guy, but I'd rather do that than give up, you know, the the touchdown. I think that some of that calculus was probably going on in, in Mickelson's mind where it's like, yeah, this is gonna be the penalty. I I accept that and that's that. Um so I, I don't know. I, I'm hesitant to kind of weave in my my tiger from Augusta in 2013, but to me, that was a more clear example of, I I know he wasn't intentionally trying to take a bad drop, but the simple fact of it is that he did take a bad drop. And and to me, that was a subversion of the rules to his gain without punishment. Now, Tiger got the punch. He he got penalized. But he got penalized for hitting the ball in the water. He then took a bad drop and would not have been penalized, punished for it, had he not incriminated himself 
in the in the post round interview. Yeah. And, and so obviously no, he I, wasn't I DQ'd, and that DQ'd. was a whole nother yeah. can of worms. He wasn't read his Miranda rights before that either. Uh, but I, but to me that was a more just in the spirit of the game, like purely kind of taking away the optics of it and and the silliness of it. Like that's probably more of an egregious error than what Mickelson did, but. I'll, uh, so I don't know. I, I think for me, you know, he did what he did. That's one thing. But then to spin it the way that he did after the fact. Like, that was the worst part. That was, that, that was the chicken shit part to yeah. me. You know, and then, you know, and it's like, I think that's what more people are almost upset about. Is like, oh, yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about doing this for years. and like Because the math doesn't add up. Like the smart move in that case would have been to go let your ball roll all the way down, pick it up, and go take an unplayable and drop where you just putted from, which would essentially be a two-shot penalty. You'd be play- he was putting for double. He would have been yeah. putting for eight from there, rather than uh, rather than you know hitting the ball while it's moving and taking a two-shot. Well, penalty. that's where it comes back to, you know, like like I said on the last show last night, like he was he was trying to send a message, but he wasn't. I don't think he, I don't think he truly signed his name on the letter of the message. You know, like I think he should have just if you're gonna try to send a message like that, you need to follow through. I think DJ, you're. Your stance is a little bit different on all this. My stance, honestly, I think my stance has changed again since we started talking about here. Randy kind of won me over with the pass interference thing. I think that's actually kind of a good way to think about it. Uh, my my take on this, and I, I, I've been kind of rationalizing it or, or, or coming to terms with the fact that I think it might be a bit of like a golf uh, anarchist in that I think that when like i'm most i most enjoy golf when things are just in utter chaos and and just chaos rules basically and that is why i i think my take is like yeah that was like pretty disgusting and like childish and all of that stuff but like i don't care <laughs> like i don't like i don't give a shit like what happens i don't like i don't want to argue right. that he that he should be put in jail and i don't want to argue that he was totally fine like i just i think it's i think everybody else arguing is the best like so more of that please is is my take uh but yeah I, i'm with you tron i mean i think that if he was trying to send a message i think it would well on one hand it would have been better to actually sign his name to the message like you said on the other hand i think it's another example of kind of like the beautiful uh performance art that is phil which is hey i'm kind of in control of this circus and i can I, i can almost do anything i want and I think he's just—I think he's trying to just push that as far as he possibly can. What was there was Lavner a quote. To, there was a quote today. Lavner tweeted a quote today that was like, "It was him." One of the few things he said walking off the golf course today was like, "You know, I think the only question is, what will I do next?" <laughs> and it's like, dude, you—you you might need—you might need to seek help. These might be calls for these might be calls for help that you're just—you're drunk with power. The, the the obviously we weren't around for this era, which the, I love. Let me just say that I love. <laughs> the comparison that I, you always hear people make whenever somebody's like past their prime or and and not showing well of themselves is like Willie Mays when he played for the Mets, like fumbling around the outfield. Outfield. That's what I felt like I was watching when he quick raked that or when he ran and hit that. It was kind of like, well, what? Are, what are you doing, man? But like, there come were, a, on. yeah. I think that's the beauty of it, though. Like, I think there were a couple people who were like, oh, what? He's lost his mind. What yeah. a confused old man. I'm like, no. He's not like he just he is has nothing this, to lose. Is and he's, this Phil's he's version? He's forty shots off the lead. Like it doesn't affect anybody is really. This Phil's I mean, version of like Tiger's Kill House. Maybe he's just kind of yeah, like yeah. bored, and he's like, I don't, you know, I just, just need to feel alive. Yeah, yeah, the, maybe. I think the people that were taking it all the way to the max of think about the children and he's disgraced <laughs> yeah. the game, and all, I mean, 
that was that was the when, kind of the tape apocalypse. Well, when people start invoking Mister, you know, Mister Hogan, Mister <laughs> Nicholas, Mister Palmer, Mister Bob like, Jones, you know, that's I. Oh gosh, that that stuff's a little much for me. Um, but I do want to clear up a couple things. Uh, you know, I, I do like Mickelson. Obviously, I, I root for him. I want to believe I would kind of have the same reaction no matter who it was uh, that did it. And, you know, I also would have been kind of totally cool if the USGA said, hey, listen, that was very egregious. We're disqualifying you. Like, yeah, yeah okay, I can see that too. Like, yeah. you know, um, so I, I don't want it to be like I'm purely being an apologist here. No, we did the I, Bubba I, test earlier. It's like if Bubba would have done this, what would our reaction have if been? If Bubba would have done this, we would have lost our mind we yeah. did lose our mind no, yeah. but like even it would have been like people a supernova. Would, the long island people would have put him on that giant catapult from the simpsons and <laughs> threw him out into the yeah. sound yeah i mean they would have strung him up from the yeah it would have it would have been awful yeah. well and i do think like an op, uh, you know something like this is is just a ripe opportunity for people who have long had issues with a lot of stuff mickelson has done it, it's kind of a green light just to air him out um that's what under the auspices are. of yes of this incident, and certainly maybe there's something to it, but I, I think for some people it's it's years of kind of resentment and frustration with him uh, for a variety of things. You, that you know what it reminds me of? Come pouring I th- out. I think uh, a lot of sports comparisons, a music comparison. I think when the Beatles were kind of at their absolute peak. They wrote the song Hello Goodbye just to prove that they could make a number one hit by doing like the least amount of work that they possibly could. And it was. And that's kind of how I feel about this is that he's just gotten to this point where he's like, like, guys, I'm like kind of I'm like, you can get mad, but like, I don't like I don't care. I'm kind of untouchable. And, and like, so the whole, and I guess it kind of sounds well, the like question Phil's is, late stage capitalism. The question <laughs> now, he might be too big yeah. to fail. The question but, now is like, is he, a lot to that is he untouchable? And, and you know, a lot of people, and, and this is such a stupid ass, like self-serious way to talk about this, but like, is this going to damage his legacy? Yeah. And it's like, dude, he's not a president. Like who cares? Well, but it's like, yeah, but, he almost went to federal you, prison for insider right, trading. Yeah, exactly. It's like, but I don't know. Do you, like, what do you think? Are people going to think about him? differently now well i'm sure some people will and that's their prerogative but it's like it's more in line with what you're saying that if you are not a phil fan this exacerbates it and if you are a phil fan you kind of like oh add this to the to the hit list like the tape the mixtape like but even then if like like if if it changes certain people's opinions of who gives a shit like it it just adds to the texture and the menagerie that is phil mickelson i feel bad for our country but this is tremendous tremendous content shout out to darren rafael (laughs) uh (laughs) <laughs> no, it, that's it, when it all happened. Like, look at that was one of the most exciting moments of the weekend. So, from our where we're sitting, like that was good entertainment. Yeah, I, if we're talking about this being an entertainment I, it, event, well, and that's yeah, that's the last thing I was going to kind of point out is you know certainly this incident, and I, I think larger extent guys like Patrick Reed and even Bubba and Polter. It's like as, as a fan, as somebody who enjoys just watching golf like these people and these acts are very welcome to your point dj it's you know it, it's it's anarchy but it's just entertaining it makes everything entertaining if if everybody acted the same way and were were robots and it, it just would be boring it, it would be such a you need villains you need uh, yeah so well, it, it just so, adds texture so from a performance art entertainment standpoint uh what i could kind of see I could have seen him doing a couple things differently. And number one, I could have seen him. I think if he would have come out and, and 
been like Mr. Contrition and woken up Sunday morning and be like, guys, you know, I did some, in- I did some internal reflection last night. And I really, all the way to the first team. I really thought about it. And I just want to <laughs> say it, it's not the right thing for me to do to continue to play in this championship, which I respect so much. And if he would have WD'd, he would have been a fucking folk hero. Like that would have been Richard Nixon. Uh, yes. <laughs> he it, brings it, his like, whole family out with him. Yeah. Uh, like that would have been as good as it gets. Uh, and I'm uh, frankly a little disappointed that he didn't, he didn't go down that road. If anyone, but to anyone that may think we're letting Phil off the hook too much, I think we all agree. Like he should not. It was this. very, very shitty. It was a Bad very thing shitty to thing to do. Like, yeah, don't excuse it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all things being equal, yeah, don't do it for sure. <laughs> and he for sure regrets it. He I tried to act like he did. One hundred percent going to do that now in matches with you guys because it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? <laughs> he, uh, what about the kids, DJ? They should do it too. I think it's hilarious. Um, yeah. All right, since we're talking about performance art, can we just go ahead and talk? Because I think the USGA is bordering on performance art too. I'm ready to go. That was going to be the next topic. Um, a lot to say, a lot to cover here. Where do you want to start? I think, Tron, you're ready to roll here. Yeah, I just, it's like pick pick a strategy, pick a way to roll, and roll with it. Like, don't, you know, I, I think they threw the baby out with the bathwater after yesterday, and you know, after Saturday, if you're listening to this on Monday. And it's right before Father's Day. It's <laughs> <laughs> bad parenting. <laughs> you know, it's like, guys, like, you, you could have said, all right, oh, yeah, we had one or two. You know, flagrant pins. We had one or two borderline pins. The greens got a little fast because we didn't anticipate the wind. Which, by the way, the meteorologists totally shit their pants. It's <laughs> not great. Um, Quickly you know, be forgotten. Forgotten. But instead, it was you know, it was like, oh man, we're so sorry. Like, you know, and it totally neuters the entire intent of the tournament. You know, and especially going into it, their whole stated intent was like, yeah, we're not fucking this one up, guys. Sure enough. <laughs> I didn't think it got too messed up. I thought it was... I thought it got more messed up today than it got yesterday. Because they played a totally different style of golf course today. Like, like there, were, there were guys hitting, you know, long irons from downwind, stopping them on the greens that wouldn't have had a prayer of stopping with a wedge yesterday. I think that's fine between two days, though. If that happens in this, like, two different courses on the same day, like, all the players had to say play the same golf course today. I thought Saturday... The guys that played in the morning played a different golf course than they played in the afternoon. That's a worse fuck-up than the, just between the two days, Saturday to Sunday. And, and I think the pin, you know, my other thing is the pins the pins being, being center of the green on half the holes today, especially the ones down the stretch, just kind of neutered the suspense there at the end. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, I think that I, I would like to uh, talk to, and I'm sure there are a ton of people listening to this that weren't on Twitter, you know, the whole time listening to people argue about it. But I I would be curious of what the non-Twitter, non-echo chamber viewer felt about, uh, about watching the golf course and how out of control they thought it was or, or what they, what they really thought. Because I think that, uh, that obviously, you know, this was a good example of kind of what happens when everybody gets each other all worked up into a lather and then players start weighing in and then they change people's minds. And, you know, it's just, it ends up being just this giant, kind of kerfuffle uh about you know who's right and who's wrong and who's the villain and who's right you know who's the good guy and all this stuff and you know you're never going to have like a good smart conversation about this stuff so like i I don't know i i thought i i agree with you i think i actually really liked how the course played on sunday outside of the pin locations i mean i think 
I thought that the speed was good. I thought things were rolling out in the right ways. I thought bad shots, not all bad shots, were getting totally penalized. It was the a way little that they, too soft, but I think they had to err on that side. Yeah, but I, I do think that Solly had a good point on the live show too, which is, you know, it just proves how fine the line is of what the the USJ is able to do and, and how close you're able to push it before you lose it. And as soon as you take your foot off the gas, you know, it just it, it comes all the way back. Like, that, it's just so, so, so hard to do. We'll go back to... Mm-hmm. Jed's tweet. Yeah. Should we slowly work in our tweets of the week throughout? Randy, you want to start with tweets of the week? Yeah. Um, Speaking of being off Twitter and out of the echo chamber. <laughs> Great segue. So, TPC Jeb. Mr. Rammel. Mr. Rammel. Sorry, I got to quickly uh, unlock my computer. So, his tweet was, uh, I quote, Sneaky brilliant move by the USGA. Annual botching of US Open is an excellent diversion tactic designed to hide its inability to regulate the ball and equipment. I'm already looking forward to next year's disaster. Uh, and I think this, I, I think it's true. You, you know, I, I think that's that's kind of the, the crux of the argument and the discussion is we're going to have this every year, uh, the course setup, just because it is such an impossible kind of middle ground uh, to find where it's like just on the edge of fair and still like, holding to their idea of like you know 280 as a as a winning score um but i think tron to your to your initial point about the usga kind of being spineless and and just reactionary it's because it it totally undermines everything that they were that they set out to do friday you know thursday friday and saturday with with how much they overcorrected i Mm -hmm. think where you know like solly and randy i think you said earlier on the live show we you know they didn't have to do both soft, soften the greens, slow them down, and put the put Fix the flags the yeah. in the middle. Of, yeah, of it should have been either or. You um, didn't even need to pull up. I pulled up the pin sheet this morning without even. I don't have definitely all the green shapes memorized. I pulled it up and was like, "Wow, that is a lot of center of the green pin positions." It was it was pretty. Cl- I was anxious to see where they're going to put them today, but it was very clear. I was like, "All right, we're going to just put these kind of in." I'm I'm shocked Justin Rose didn't have a great day with where these pins were located <laughs> today, but um, yeah, they did. They, they they panicked in two ways. They should have either softened the greens and kept the pins the way that, that they had them really Saturday, or you know not soften the greens and put the pins in the middle of the green. I do think things get treated um, a bit like again. It just I think it goes back to the echo chamber stuff. I think people a lot of times like they decide that they don't want to like something and then they just kind of look for all the reasons to not like it and. I do think that there were there were still bad shots that were being penalized and still good shots that were being rewarded today. Like I, I again, like I, I kind of liked it. I just didn't the pins to your point, Tron. Like down the stretch, there just there wasn't a whole lot of chances for. It was just a lot of par. It was like golf, you had to miss the felt like completely to get to make bogeys yeah. or doubles yeah. or, or worse. But I mean, I do think it was important that you know four guys that came in tied for the lead. Only one of them shot under par, and it was Brooks shooting sixty eight. So it's it's not like these guys went crazy, crazy, crazy low outside of Fleetwood, but um, I don't know. It's just it's a it's a weird balance. I was looking it up. So the first round, four people shot under par. Second round, fourteen. Third round, three people. Obviously, t- you know, two of them were uh, Berger and Finau, and then today there were fifteen people under par. So not a crazy it outlier. A I mean, off, it's it, it just seems off for Sunday at the U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah. it was a reaction yeah. to what happened yeah. Saturday, which was which is understood. Well, I think they were. They were very well justified on the width of the fairways. I thought the, yeah. the off the tee, the, the course played fantastic, and it was 
it was clear. It's like, all right, we'll let you out here. You want to kind of be in the right side of these fairways. We're going to let you get off the tee. If you miss these fairways, you're going to be punished severely. And on your second shot, you still have to hit these small target greens and, and try to get at these pins. It's not going to be easy where we're going to put them. I thought from tee to green, I thought the course played great. I thought Saturday afternoon, the greens just rolled out too far. The, the surfaces did not roll true, and guys like in the DJ wave couldn't hit putts with enough force behind them to actually be trying to make them. They were lagging 12-footers. And that's where I think the championship gets a little out of whack and it stops becoming a talent contest. I thought today, while it was a bit easier, was more f- enjoyable to watch guys have the ability to make 12-foot putts. I thought that, I just think that makes for a better championship than, than what we saw Saturday. Yeah. Yes. I agree. I, yes. I think, I think Intellect- what, what intellectually, was, I agree with you. Right. And then I was going to say, which did you have more fun? I had more fun was Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like. It's the one week a just, year we get yeah, that. It's such yeah. a paradox, I like, guess. More I th- fun I feel like Saturday. I'm gonna, like, we're going to watch Travelers this week, and it's yeah. going to be a great tournament and all that. But, like, you know, like this week shouldn't have been more. Like, yeah. today shouldn't have been more akin to your regular. You know, hey, let's see some birdies down the stretch, PGA Tour. I, I just think it's more entertaining Saturday, but I'd rather see a championship get decided the way it was today than the way it would have been Saturday if that had got out of hand. Like if Finau and Berger would have posted their morning 66s and everyone would have fallen back and, and lost because the greens got baked out in the afternoon, I don't think that would have been the best way to decide a championship. <laughs> unless it was Fleetwood. Yeah, unless it was Fleetwood. That would have been fine with me. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, and I just want to say we're going to have this – same every discussion year. every year. I'm pumped to see how they mess. Well, up what is, what do you think they're going to do with Pebble next year? Well, you you kind of the question was asked was like, can you screw up Pebble? I'm thinking absolutely. I think Pebble's I mean, already screwed up. So. <laughs> but there's there's a very easy quote unquote easy stretch at Pebble Beach that front nine between like four and or really between like three and eight. The pros eat Two. that stretch up. Well, to be they'll probably make that oh, part, part four. four. All right, this part really matters. Uh, <laughs> there's that stretch that is very like pros, you know usually make a run at 29 on that side whenever they're at, during the AT&T every year like they're going to they're going to do something with that stretch to make it not nearly as gettable what is that we'll we'll see but yeah i don't know we'll we'll see we'll cover that in the next <laughs> yeah, should, should be interesting know, I, like, I, interesting to see i do think that you know obviously the RNA has a little bit more weather to 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 kind of fall back on the PGA Tour doesn't like the only other time they've really run the risk of Going over the line was Trinity Forest this this year, which they totally, you know, aired on the side of like neo conservatism, um, <laughs> and then and then uh, and then you've got um, you know players 2016, and it's like I feel like since the USGA, I don't know if it's the right thing, but the fact that they're kind of tasked with staging the most, you know. The, challenging. Like the sternest yeah, test, the, the ultimate, test the ultimate test. Yeah. yeah, it's like you know, I feel like they're the ones that are getting backed into this corner. A, the, by themselves with the with that mission statement and with the ball and, and the and the clubs in general, but also just like you know, the, the PGA Tour doesn't give a shit. They want to live under par, <laughs> you know. So like they're the only ones. Like that's why we're only having this discussion once a year instead of half the weeks, you know, right. on tour. Yeah. I do think that you know I know a lot of people roll their eyes at at player complaints, but KVV had a good good kind of Twitter thread about like no the the players don't do this at any other organization in any way in golf the way they react to the USGA the way they're so fearless well, and, and criticizing and them. that's where I think I'm kind of getting at with like the echo chambers like now you know there a lot of times it kind of feels like you're you're just 
firing bullets into a corpse at some point, you know? Like, I, I think a lot of these guys are like, you know, oh, it, it's kind of cool to rip on the USGA and just, so if, if there's any chance to do it, let's do it. And I don't know, I certainly, I, I mentioned on the live show, I think Randy and I were talking about this off air, but I have, it's a, a very half-baked take that I can't seem to get across the finish line, but there were a lot of players that were complaining on Twitter and a lot of players that like weren't even in the field that were complaining on Twitter about the setup and, oh, the USGA ruined another one and they can, play better. they can screw anything up and this is a disaster. I'm not even going to watch and blah, 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 Take blah, our blah. game back. Take let's Yeah, we need to take our game back from these amateur hacks. And, A, there's something different between, you know, criticizing the setup and critiquing the setup. And I think a lot of players, like... You know, I think JT had like smart things to say about you know pin locations, and and those all seemed pretty. Patrick Reed had Patrick Reed had a good things, things to say about yeah, hey, you know, a couple pins were were pretty tough, but the rest was was pretty fair. And everybody else, you know, who's watching on their couch is lighting these courses on fire. And I'm I'm kind of I don't know what the take is, but I'm kind of thinking like a lot of a lot of you guys that are complaining about this are you play the kind of golf that makes me not want to watch golf, and you you play the kind of the the golf that makes me fall asleep a lot is is you guys shooting you know 18 under on a course that i you know don't really care to watch and this week felt way different than that for better or worse so uh, i don't know from from an entertainment standpoint if we want to go back to that conversation i thought both saturday and sunday were were really interesting and and cool i thought thursday was awesome uh but yeah i don't know where you draw the line as far as like catering to the to the players, you know, because I don't I don't know if they're really the ones that you should be listening to, you know. And well, Randy, well, and Randy had implicit a, in all this too. Yeah, and, and I think they obviously have an interest in uh, in not looking foolish as well. You know, you know what I'm saying. So, Randy, I think you kind of mentioned that on the live show as well. Is you, you kind of can't have it both ways. Yeah, and I I think I'm with you. It's like I've I got this idea and it's like 60 70 percent of the way there but i I think it comes down to something like you know at at first blush if it's between like the pga tour and all these tour players versus the usga i I think at first blush it's like yeah oh screw the usga i'm I'm with the tour players you know and and then you start to think about a little bit more or at least i do and it's like well wait a second like outside of really like tiger and phil and maybe a handful of other guys it's like what what organization what which entity really does or could have more effect uh, and direct impact on my my enjoyment with the game of golf and I think it's probably the USGA and so that's where I come back to it's like you know I, I think some of these tour players I won't name names like Dirt McGirt and Wes Bryan and you know Keegan Bradley it's like Sergeant Major Billy Horschel yeah it's like you know if you guys want to start this fight i i, I don't know i i'm not going to be on your side i i think the usga has the potential to to much more uh influence and impact my personal enjoyment with the game of golf uh and that's far outside of watching these guys play like houston and you know san antonio i think and i think that's kind of we're on the same wavelength there but i haven't really it's not all the way there. I, I got to think it through some more. Yeah, I think we can hopefully all agree that the it seemed like at least in the Twitter echo chamber that 
the extremes came out way too quickly. I did yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. I was hard on the yes. setup Saturday. I thought it was a bit, just like I said about the greens, but it was not. They didn't lose the golf course. It was not a travesty. It was nothing <laughs> like 04. And the reaction was so strong. It was just like, God, I mean, let's have some perspective on this. I mean, it was a tough day out Sorry, there. I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> it's... I can't believe you're gonna you're gonna just undercut Zach Johnson's assertion. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. gone. It surpassed that. It was on the edge, but we've surpassed that. There's nothing left. (laughs) (laughs) A lot, a lot of good people in this community. The PGA Tour is a community. They were yeah. The way people people were presenting it like FEMA was out there, like assessing the damage and and trying to get people people some drinking water out there. Will you rebuild? It's like, well, yeah. I mean, we'll try. What other choice do we have? This is what happens when you build. Under par, you know, you're 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 subject to to, to the storm surge and the flood waters. Yeah. You know? Well, so I I think this kind of is a good a good point for me to to roll out my tweet of the day uh, or tweet of the week, which came from Shane Ryan, uh, who said, "Would it be so friggin' hard for the USGA to design just one course where you hit it into this sort of giant bowl eighteen times, and the ball funnels into the hole, and then dancers come out, and the whole gallery starts <laughs> chanting class act over and over, so we could have a true test." <laughs> And uh, I think that that probably we could have saved the last fifteen minutes. I think that kind of sums up what I've been trying to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pray for Southampton. I can't believe they they lost their golf course. But uh, no, I think it's just again. I don't think it was they they overreacted a bit today, but definitely not to Aaron Hill's levels or anything like that. And just thought everyone everyone was just way too way too eager to just jump all over. Yeah, the and that's USGA. what I don't want to happen. Don't want to happen is is where it becomes like this cool thing to just shit all over the USGA for no reason. And, for and course setup. I think for course for the setup, yeah. equipment, it's all justified. Yeah. The course setup and even some of the course setup is justified too, but wait until yeah. it's justified or wait until, I mean, yeah. just, yeah, have perspective. Yeah, it's, it's hard to untangle those things. Stuff. I think that's yeah, what that's you kind of come true. back yeah. to. It's yeah. like those issues are so intertwined. It's near impossible. Okay, I'm ready to move on from USGA if you guys are, and I think we need, it's, we're pretty deep in this. we got to talk about Fox. Yeah, well, I'll, sorry, last thing real quick. I, I, I think in the spirit of the USGA, I, I'd like to see... Um, you know, just been doing a bit of reading over the weekend here. I'd like to see one of the players maybe try to pull a CB McDonald, <laughs> yes. which I think could be a, a good fill thing to do. I was gonna say, I can think of one guy who might. <laughs> yeah, and CB McDonald, for those that don't know, uh, I think in 1894, before the USGA started, uh, they, they were trying to organize American golf a little bit and decided to host two national championships, quote unquote. And, uh, the first one was uh, the first first one was at I think Newport yeah. Country Club and uh, it was stroke play and he finished second and he loud quote loudly disputed <laughs> the results claiming that it was bullshit to have a I'm not quoting here claiming that it was bullshit to have a road running through the course so or no a stone wall I a think. stone wall yeah yeah, yeah sorry uh, so they uh, they he protested loud enough that they threw out the results. <laughs> He also thought it was bullshit to decide by stroke play. So they had a next one was match play. It was like a month later. Uh, <laughs> he, he finished second, loudly disputed that <laughs> as well, saying it's bullshit that, it, you know, one course should be allowed to decide who the national champion is. So after all of this, uh, and the USGA just rolled out something. Apparently, there's some new research that some other people remember this differently. But this is the story that's been going around for like 100 years, is uh, the heads of the five families, the five original golf courses of the USGA that... You know, everybody kept mentioning they all got together to talk about these national championships, and the USGA was founded. CB McDonald was the uh, first vice president or something, I believe. And uh, then they hosted a real US amateur. <laughs> he rolled that, <laughs> and he won. T- he won twelve and eleven. Uh, so you do the math. I, I, th- like- I think it's time 
to maybe you know give a rebirth to the USGA headed by Phil Mickelson, where he says, "Guys, it's it's gone too far. We need to all get together. This is bullshit. Throw out the results. Let's 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 really decide. Maybe another task force, similar to when he rolled the bus yeah. over Tom Watson, and they revamped the whole Ryder Cup process. I think there's kind of two precedents for this. It sounds like he could get uh, UCF on board too. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. The NCAA, side, no doubt. You know? Exactly. I think you blow all of it up and you just kind of start over. Yeah. Uh, the USGA. I think now needs to become the USAGA, the U.S. American <laughs> Golf Association. Not my golf association. On the Phil note, I know we, we said we were going to go outside this house for the tweet of the week, uh, their favorite tweet, but mine might have been DJ Pies when uh, he had the little image of Phil from the Ryder Cup uh, or the President's <laughs> Cup when, he, when they got a two-hole penalty on one hole and Phil said, I spotted our, your best team two shots and we, and we still beat them, or two holes and we still beat them. <laughs> But you did that for beef, the comparison to beef after his uh, debacle. Too many people are going to forget that Phil made a 10 and and had this whole giant <laughs> clusterfuck, <laughs> and he still beat beef. <laughs> That's playing phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And Ricky. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's move on to the broadcast. Um, we were pretty effusive in our praise for Fox going into it. Uh, first off, I'll throw it out. What did you guys think of coverage uh, Thursday and Friday? I thought Thursday and Friday were an absolute disgrace. Disgrace. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being dead serious too. Like it was like they were totally rudderless. And actually, I, I take that back. They had they they had no rudder whatsoever because they didn't need one because they were just going straight ahead with the feature. It was birds. almost like on autopilot. They were yeah. stuck on autopilot. Yeah, like they were they weren't covering a golf tournament. It was a pseudo popularity contest with these featured groups. I think that was true for when Tiger was on the course. Right for when when the the Friday afternoon and I'm sorry Thursday afternoon and Friday morning were the worst parts. When they started on FS1 Thursday morning, they were good. I thought it was good. Like they were bouncing around a decent amount, and then they got so locked. Maybe I'm thinking wrong. I'm thinking opposite. When it was no, like, I think when it was uh, Spieth's yeah. group that was on Spieth and and Phil their group that was on the course, they locked in on them despite the fact that they were a million over par. Yeah, I mean, I just like. Why have a why have featured groups online and on other channels when you can't you know when you're watching that anyway on the broadcast and then b it just you know even even when they they did show other players they were showing almost exclusively putts from guys that weren't in the featured groups uh, and there just wasn't a whole lot of variety of players and, and then some of the you know like you bring Bill Hemmer on from Fox <laughs> Business for an interview. That was a miss, I felt. Like, yeah. They had some hits with interviews, I will say. Bill like, Hemmer's interview was sweet. Uh, basically, I think he was under the under the guise that uh, Shittacock was a public course that everyone should go play. That's kind of his whole vibe of what he was saying. It was very very Fox Newsy yeah. angle. Uh, if I, you guys I worked they, harder, you'd be able to play here. I thought they rebounded well. I thought Saturday <laughs> was, you know, I thought as soon as kind of they started covering the actual tournament and the drama of the tournament, I thought they did a good job on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I especially enjoyed this morning. Sunday morning was with with Hans, Faxon, and Bacon. I thought was like I learned more in the first two hours of coverage this morning than I have watching any coverage in probably this year. I don't know how every broadcast doesn't have like an architect on. Hans was so good at, I don't want to say dumbing it down for viewers, but like just telling viewers what they needed to know about it. He didn't nerd out too hard, but explain like why, why this, a Redan, how that works and what that means and why this is relevant to the championship, why the fairways are wide, why they have these shaved down areas. And he just brought all of those, that to, to the screen that I feel like is missing from a lot of places. Well, I think that's our biggest complaint about CBS, right? Is that they don't, they don't take the time to 
basically set the table for three weeks down the road, you know, where I, th- I think doing that architecture stuff like that teaches you something. And then you remember that for the next broadcast and then you're a smarter viewer down the road. And it, it's just, it takes that little bit of investment to actually do that, to make people theoretically to, you know, make them more engaged and smarter. So I, I don't know. I, I, the only thing I take issue with and, uh, <laughs> I'm not a professional TV producer like like Tron is, but uh, <laughs> I think that you know it is. It's easy to remember or easy to forget that you know we're we're a pretty vocal minority of golf fans, probably. Yeah, and I think that it's not even eighty twenty. Like yeah, it might be a, it might be yeah ninety ten or whatever. Yeah. But you know, I think there's probably ten to twenty percent of the people watching are are feeling that same way. Like, hey, show me. You know, show me more of this guy. Show why aren't you showing Grimmer? Why aren't you doing this? Show me, you know, tell me who's in the field. Whereas I think the eighty percent are, oh shit, Tiger's playing. What's Tiger doing? Or or what's Phil doing? Or I'm tuning in for one of my three or four broadcasts a year. You know, what's this person doing? And I just I don't know. It's so hard. It's such a hard balance. Like I, I don't know how to do that or what the answer is. But my issue with it was that it didn't feel like I was watching a major championship the first couple of days. And I know it's Thursday, Friday, and I, I felt like they did a great job of flipping the switch. And I felt like what I was watching this weekend was important. Yeah. But it felt like a normal PGA Tour event on Thursday and Friday. It's just like because a glorified PGA Tour live stream. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I thought, and I and yeah, it, it's this is a major. This is supposed to feel really important. Yeah, you can tell the story of the big names and work them into it very easily without showing them walking in between shots and showing them walk a distance after the shots. That's we're standing around. Yeah, yeah I mean, when was, there's ten guys left on the course on Saturday and Sunday afternoon, there's plenty of time for that. When there's eighty guys on the course, I thought that they kind of lost that a little. I bit. I think yeah. that that's part of the thing. And you know, DJ, I've been doing this a long time. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, obviously, everybody wants to see Cat. Everyone wants to see DJ and yeah. Rory. Those guys. But I don't think Hammer. Yeah, <laughs> showing. I don't think showing those guys is is. You know, all, pretty much all their shots is mutually exclusive with. No, I agree. That yeah, I'm with you. They could have moved around. And I th- I thought Buck talked about that a lot on the the podcast last week, which I I was kind of amped for, which was, you know, this idea that on Saturday Sunday it's cool to see the body language stuff, and it's cool to see them between shots, and it's cool to see them, you know, how do they read putts, and what are they talking about with the caddy, and all that stuff. Whereas Thursday Friday, I I agree with you guys. It's it's kind of. You know, just show as many golf shots as you can and move around and, and jump quickly. Because the tournament quickly. hasn't shrunk itself yet. Yeah. And there's still, you know, like, hey, we want to watch it shake out. Don't yep. just treat it like it's this exhibition with these two groups. Yeah. I'm with you. I agree. And I think once they flipped the switch over to the weekend, the, uh, the, the Phil stuff kicked off really their weekend and i thought they handled it really well having david yeah. fay on one was f- fantastic so the guy that tweeted though that he was like the guy that was testifying after getting immunity was pretty fantastic <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic but i mean that was important and buck did a really good job actually like pushing some of the usga guys on the ruling and, yeah. and kind mm-hmm. of a lot of the things that were going on on the ruling and the setup and i thought i don't know they did a great job of telling the story of the golf course and and showing and it, showing where it was getting out of control potentially showing some of the tough pins and why guys were complaining. I thought they told that story really well. Yeah. And I thought, uh, I mean, Curtis strange, that was, that was like the frost Nixon interview of the Phil just, you know, basically incriminating himself with this whole rule breaking thing. I mean, I thought that was cool that he, you know, what I forget what he said, something like it's a simple question, you know, what happened on 13 or, or what'd you do? But yeah, I thought he, I thought he pressed him pretty good, which was, which was interesting and kind of awkward. Which was, you know, I mean, I mean delightful. Randy, you were you were pretty fired up on Thursday, Friday. I never see you fired up about coverage. Yeah, for for the reasons you guys mentioned, I just thought I, it's they got to be able to get 
from that group to other places on the golf course. Just cut to it and then come back if, if need be. They were just spending way too much time on those feature groups. Um, I think everything changed after the audio difficulties late Friday afternoon where, you know, without any audio, they were maybe almost forced to then show more shots. And then from that point on, I agree the weekend was much better. I was just going to add two things, too, that really haven't been mentioned yet. I, I think one um, – the limited commercial interruption was awesome. Yeah. It, it, Shout was, out Joe Ford. Yeah, there was a big flow. Rolex, is, I think they're standing to in the, the hall telecast. Of fame right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, you know, you could. There were long, long stretches of golf, which was great. And then the second thing, I think, a strength of Fox was almost a weakness. You know, whether you like the microphone cup or not, I do think it it has the ability to pick up very interesting audio. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of times it's like you know cussing and. Uh, you know stuff they can't really air and so you, you get all these little breaks in the audio and it almost like having it, it almost just is there to remind you like of all this interesting audio that you hey we, we can't yeah. you know we can't That's let true. you hear that That's a good point. and so it's like I, it's off limits yeah it's, it's like and just don't yeah. even give it you know don't even tease us with it i felt like they were over bleeping it wasn't even necessarily bleep cuss words that they were bleeping it felt like i don't know just random times they were going to the seven second delay yeah like and, I, and sometimes i was like i didn't know if it was like technical difficulty yeah. or, or if it was being cut i i don't know but it was just like and then they would come back like the deloitte thing with fleetwood and and um caddy today was you know, it was very interesting. I almost wish they would have done more of that throughout the telecast throughout the four days. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wish I wish there was a yeah. channel or an online version where it would just be like just pure raw audio. That I would pay a premium for yeah, the. That I would don't be cool. understand. I don't understand why everybody gets so triggered about the mics and the cups. I don't either. Yeah, I don't. Know. People saying that it was piped in. Yeah. Like, no, those yeah. they clearly have microphones in the cups. Like, yeah. a couple. That those, might be the definition of who cares. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it, even as simple as like a the guys going like missing a putt and going by the hole and taking a deep breath. I think that like that adds something. Yeah. It kind yeah. of takes you there. It's like all right, that guy. I thought the the like their wind. Uh, yeah, the graphics, graphics were sick. A lot of the graphics were yeah. cool. Yeah, like they would come and do a big aerial of the whole golf course and show it was 15 miles an hour on the west side of the course. It was 19 miles an hour on the other side of the course. And yeah, I mean, I still thought it was it was just it was mostly good. Yeah, like, uh, you know. I, I hear your guys' complaints on Thursday and Friday, but I, I thought it was good. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I I don't. I have a hard time getting too too fired up about this they stuff. They did pick up some vulgarity. They did pick up some vulgarity from yeah. Patrick Reed when when yeah. Reed was standing over a shot. You'll have to go check Not the from Patrick that one. Reed, right? Yes. Correct. From some yeah. Which that, that, I'm cont- like, that content's behind I the paywall. Understand why we're not having more opens in yeah. the New York area? Yeah. Like every every. Four or five years is, is enough, I think. Which may be my favorite moment of the week was uh, Stenson on Sky Sports getting ready to do an interview, and they say something to him about swearing. He's like, well, good thing you told me because I, I just said fuck over there. It's like, Stenson, we are, Henrik, we are actually live. And he's, oh, oh, I'm sorry. So it's clear as day, the big F-bomb drop. I think that's a huge, you know, flies in the face of what the game stands for. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. They should DQ him. Um. <laughs> Uh, if we're ready to move on from Fox, well, I want to hear what you guys' biggest disappointments were of the week. Uh, Without, before we move on from Fox, shout out to our boy Shane Bacon. <laughs> oh. uh, awesome job! It yeah. was just so he was seamless. I forgot he was on there a yeah. lot, and not because he was like not because he was forgettable. And any, it's just yeah, I think, natural. Yeah, it just it was phenomenal. And I mean, it's whatever. I know we're kind of this is a very inside small baseball that nobody probably cares about, but I mean, we're all buddies with him, and it's been. It's been awesome to see him go from, you know, 
doing this lowly podcast to uh you know going on and and to shop makers to yeah to shop makers and then to actually doing the uh the i mean he's yeah he was in the final round of the u.s open he's calling golf shots it was awesome it was awesome he did he did a great job with that it was funny just he was here about a month ago hanging out here and then we talking about it but then actually hear him on tv was like all right this is a this is a major major career step so i do feel like too the the personnel that they used on the entire telecast was more it seemed like the whole scheme was more focused this year like there was there was everybody had a more of a purpose they have so few reps even over the course of a few years that it's imp- like bacon you mentioned he's like i wish we had like 10 events a year if yeah. we could do this 10 times together we'd be even that much better at it so what, what can i just do a quick shout out to ken brown yeah well, <laughs> the yeah. guy is just aspirational a he, had a, he had a walk out there today a w-o-k a d- walk. A walk. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. He, he was um, gonna do a stir fry or something yeah like he, if there was somebody to like take over the Mister Rogers franchise, like he's the guy, in my mind, who would be like that type of guy. Like if, if there's a better person in the world than Ken Brown, and I've never met the guy, so <laughs> this is all through like never met Mister Rogers. 30, you're right. This is all through like thirty second segments, like once a year on TV. But he he just seems like an exceptional person. New Mister Rogers documentary coming out pretty I soon. Like Let's we should go see that. Yeah. yeah. Who's your guys' biggest disappointment of the week? Uh, I think Spieth for me. Um, I don't know. I, I always talk myself into picking him every week because he just seems like, you know, the fit for for the thinking man's golf course and he's going to out-strategy everybody and he just didn't didn't have it this week. It was a bummer to see. I, I was going to say Spieth, so I guess in the interest of picking somebody else. Um, I mean, you, I, were, you were talking a lot about your high hopes for Scott Gregory. <laughs> yeah, Scott Gregory. <laughs> let us down. Let me down Thursday. Um, yeah, I, I guess in that very same vein is is Rory. I, I just think there's, I, I don't know, there's just something. I, I can't. I'm not smart enough to put my my finger on it. Maybe, but there's just something missing. I I feel like watching him play right now. Uh, well, I was gonna say Rory. So, um, I'm gonna say Leash just because I feel like he was yeah. in really really good good position heading into Saturday, even after six seven holes on saturday and then you know just in the conditions i think the firmer it gets the more the more he thrives typically and you know that was kind of the the complaint about just augusta this year was hey you know it it just got really soggy there on saturday and and you know and i think this this was his time to shine and you know i mean obviously he'll have plenty more shots but i just i was expecting a little bit more from him I was gonna say Rory, but not gonna not gonna follow two people that want to say Rory. I'll say overall, I'll say Phil. I think you know if we if we want to hang on to this belief that he's gonna win one of these, I'm gonna need you not doing that. Would you say you're not you're not mad at Phil? You're just disappointed. I am. I'm quite disappointed. Eamon Lynch just just wrote off. He wrote a column this morning. Just wrote off Phil's entire future U.S. Open. Like it's over. Like this I, I, was this was it. That's a fair take. I yeah. Think that's. I mean, we're going to Pebble next year. I, I don't know. Let's chill. <laughs> let's be. just let's just see. I had one more disappointment while you guys were talking. Um, my disappointment was that Poulter was didn't stick around. Yeah, that would have uh, been in real contention longer. That would have been tremendous content. The uh, the the triple and the 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 seven five to end things on uh, Friday kind of took a lot of wind out of his sails. Um, he you know being. I think he would have been in like the last group Saturday had he not done that. And that could have been spectacular. 
What do you guys think on? He, he tweeted some stuff about the harassment that he was getting out there from the crowds. Where do you get, where do you stand on Poulter getting verbal harassment from a New York crowd in the U.S. Open? I mean, I'm against it. Yeah. I don't, nobody, I don't. I'm, I feel I'm like out on anybody getting a verbal, you know, verbal assault out there. But it's, I don't know. It, that stuff is just it's gone way too far. It's yeah. just so I don't know. It just becomes a game of one-upsmanship and everybody trying to. It, the problem is that nobody's, as, including all of us, nobody's as funny as they think they are. So everybody, you know, it's like yeah. it, the whole thing is mm-hmm. just it's these people, these unfunny just dipshits that are like trying to one-up each other, and it just is. A yeah. blender of someone terrible who stuff. Big gravy. <laughs> Unless it's funny, <laughs> yeah. But it's just so but rarely. Even I, is. I'm just like, yeah, man. Like, I don't think I'm ever. Like, I'm. That's the one time I've ever done that. And I don't think I'm ever gonna run it back. Yeah, exactly. That was your moment. Yeah. Well, I just don't. I don't understand the. Or I understand it. I guess I just this Ryder Cup spillage over into other events. Like, we can hate Ian Poulter at the Ryder Cup, but don't harass him in a stroke play Still event. Golf. It's not. That's not. I don't think fair. I know. Yeah, and it sucks. And then you got the people, you know, posting it on Instagram and then trying to shop it around to people. Like, oh, here, here's me blowing up Bubba Watson on his way from the range to the first tee. It's like, oh, cool, man. Like, That's probably, like, probably don't do that. Thanks, yeah, That's thanks for, shitty. Yeah, thanks actually, for contributing to actually, the Discord. Somebody emailed us that. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, yeah. don't do that. It's yeah. terrible. You are not supporting that kind of behavior. Unless in any it's way. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Which but, it rarely like, is. Like, I mean, guys, I mean, shit, Stenson yesterday. Had a you know he told somebody to zip it like who's who's out there like riding Stenson right yeah yeah that's... you know I feel like the guy would kill me <laughs> Sergio might have had the moment of the week though when he was asked on Saturday like what are Saturdays for and he waited forever the crowd to get quiet and he said to the guy fuck you in the ass <laughs> <laughs> which yeah look that's not great either it's uncalled for Tough as well to but... argue that take though <laughs> I feel like there's middle ground between uh, between the two I saw one person uh, one person responded and said that. The only, the only people that should be allowed into golf tournaments are registered voters, uh, which might be kind of a reason why. Yeah, which uh, you know I think he's probably taking it a step too far, but at least it was a new idea I had, hey I had heard before. I'm not. I'm not no, pro I'm not. gerrymandering. No, and, yeah, we're not trying to get into a whole voter ID thing, and you know it's, it's it's a whole other issue. I think two guys I want to give a shout out to Xander Shoffley. Disease X. I think yeah. he's got a new nickname henceforth. Yeah. Disease X. Disease X. Uh, which is allegedly starting to buck its head Allegedly. In China. Could be airborne. Yeah, four billion people. What's your source on that? Uh, <laughs> Infowars. <laughs> uh, but he shot 72, 74, 72, 68. And then um, good showing for Matthew Fitzpatrick, but that's not the second guy. I'm going to shout out DJ Defunk, Dylan Meyer. Yeah, how cool was that? Really T20 strong showing. He and Brian Gay, actually. Shout out to Brian Gay. I yeah, mean, it was a mixed leaderboard. It was yeah, cool to, yeah, cool to see, that guys. Yeah, you know, goes to show you that the the course shit. Matthew Pavon. We still yeah. don't know who he is. No. I don't think I've seen him hit a shot yet. But man, he finished t twenty five. Maybe we'll him. see him in Germany this week. That's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. On that note, we uh, Tron, uh, DJ, and I are going to Germany this week for the BMW International. Happy to get back mixed up in the European tour scene. And then Randy and I are going the following week up to Chicago for the KPMG Women's Open. So. Getting, uh, we're redistributing assets here a little bit over the next couple of weeks. And we had a lot of questions come in on Twitter. We didn't even get to a lot of them. Other one, other than Ryan Snee asked, how much money is in Tron's trust fund? You know what, guys? It's a blind trust. <laughs> <laughs> how did so, your betting go this week? Oh, man, I was close. I had, I had, I, I, I went steep on like top tens. That's what the I, house loves to hear. Yeah. Oh, I'm so close. <laughs> I had Matthew Fitzpatrick. I was up for like, so 19 long. 19 to 1 for top back. 10. And I had, 
Sam Burns for a top ten. And it was yeah, there was a lot of a lot of close calls, but no no big hits. Um, I I got one kind of I, I know we're trying to wrap here. I got Tron. You you kind of brought it up, and it's it's kind of a existential or philosophical kind of thought experiment. But with with the winner this week being one over par, and no, like how are we supposed to live under par? Like. I, it's crazy. Pars are relevant. I'm not. I'm not sure what to do. Well, if pars are relevant and we're supposed to look like, then our lives are irrelevant. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's just weird kind of messaging. Schrodinger's cat. Some, some questions. You just start yeah. scratching the surface, and yeah, gosh, you know careful answer. how much. Yeah, careful how far you pull that thread. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's wrap. <laughs> let's wrap it up. <laughs> I think we've exhausted the tape. Uh, yeah, we're uh, travelers this week. Kind of upset what we're going to be on the other side of the world for that one. It's actually big. Randy's going to be locking it down. You, you got that. You got us covered on the travelers. Yes. Yeah, designated survivor. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to try to get a uh, mailbag out right this yeah. week. Working on mailbag. Get some of those questions from the refuge and episode two of Tourist Tour Sauce. Sauce launches uh, tomorrow. It'll be out on YouTube before it'll be out on Twitter. So go uh, check that out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You'll get a nice little notification when it goes live. We don't post too many videos. We're not. You're not going to get blown up if you subscribe. I think it's... we don't post fundamentalist Islam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, everything is is totally inoffensive. Uh, and if you miss episode one, <laughs> yeah, above board, get back on and watch episode one. This is we're very proud of this season, and it's we promise it's going to get better and better with yeah. each episode. King, so. uh, episode two has us going to Kingston Heath and Victoria. And fun stuff ensues. A couple of goat tracks down in Oz, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a tough life. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, we will be back later this week, uh, hopefully with some interviews from Germany. Uh, in the meantime, cheers. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Johnny, that's better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.